You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. In this podcast, we're going to hear a Sunday morning message. The title of the message is The First Responder. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. True greatness was demonstrated by Christ in this one verse in three supreme acts. The very first act would be him coming to earth, leaving all of glory, leaving splendor. God Almighty, the creator of the universe. The first act was for him coming to earth. The Son of Man came. The second act of greatness. In verse 28, he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. The Creator. He was treated as the lowest of creatures by the men to whom he came. And some that are here this morning that we are honoring, you're not always treated with greatness. But you think about the Lord that gave him no place to even lay his head. In Matthew 8 and 20, and Jesus saith unto him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And only three short years after publicly announcing that he came to save them, they killed him. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Yet he secured his kingdom by what? By becoming a servant. A servant to each one, to all. The third supreme act, the act of giving his life. In verse 28 it said a ransom. A ransom for many. The idea of sacrifice is in that word ransom. And a lot of you know what it's like to sacrifice this morning. Something is substituted. Something is sacrificed for something or for someone else. And today we honor you and we honor the Lord for the sacrifice that you give and the supreme sacrifice that the Lord gave. Can we give each responder and the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise in the house of God? This is exactly what Christ did For you and I, he sacrificed. He sacrificed and gave himself up as a ransom for us. The Word of God said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The word redemption is one of the greatest words in the Bible. It conveys the idea of deliverance or setting a man free by paying a ransom. There was a price paid. Our freedom today that allows us together at 511 Jewel City Boulevard, Meadowbrook, West Virginia, was not free. Many men and women gave their life that you and I could worship publicly and not underground in the great nation of America. And if you are thankful, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. The freedom that you and I that know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The very freedom 
that we heard the man speak about, that at age 97, he knows that he knows to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and he's waiting that day. There is no other substitute, no plan B. There was only one plan. God sent his son Jesus to die, sacrifice, give his life that you and I could live forever, and that only happens when we humble ourselves and acknowledge that he is our Savior and ask him to forgive us. If you are forgiven of much, give God another great hand clap and shout of praise. That freedom was not free. Servanthood is greatness. Greatness. In the world, greatness is determined by how many people serve you. But in the kingdom of God, in God's kingdom, greatness is determined by how many people you serve. And we have a lot of great people in this house of God today. Again, Jesus said in Matthew 20 and 28, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That was his personal mission statement. Greatness is not power. Power is temporal. Greatness is not fame. Fame is temporal. Greatness is not wealth. Wealth is temporal. How can we achieve, how can we achieve true greatness? And that's by serving others. And we all can play a part in that. We can all be servants. And Jesus said in Matthew 20 and 26, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. What Christ was saying is this, among his disciples, the person who ministers is great, but the person who is a bond slave is chief. The person who ministers is that of occasional service, whereas the bond slave is a person who is bound to the, to the Lord and to serve every moment of his life. At 97, still a servant. You and I can still be servants no matter what. Can someone say amen? Always serving, regardless the hour, regardless the call, regardless the difficulty. Can we learn anything from a basin of water? I believe we can. I believe God has given us two great examples. The first, Pilate's basin attitude. Pilate seen a need, but he said, I'm not worried about the need, I'm worried about me. And listen to what he said in Matthew 27 and 24, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather that a torment was made. He took water and he washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. Pilate, despite his enormous and proven ability as a leader. He was indecisive as he stood before Christ. You're going to be given an opportunity here in a little while to make a decision. Don't be indecisive. He knew Christ was innocent for the, he said, I see no evil in him. He was fearful of losing his power. 
He was fearful of losing his position. But then we have another basin. We have the great Jesus basin attitude. Jesus seen a need and he does what's best for others. In John 13 and 4, speaking of the Lord, he riseth from supper and he laid aside his garments and he took a towel and he girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. In that hot, dusty, dry country of Palestine, most people wore sandals and their feet became extremely dirty, filthy. There would be a water basin at the door. If you was wealthy, you had a servant that would be there and would wash your feet. If you wasn't wealthy, you washed your own feet. Jesus gives us the great example of being a servant. Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, the creator of all. And he stands up and he sees a need. And he walks over and he humbles himself. And he said, it's not about me, but let me help somebody else. What an example. Christ's passion. Is it your passion? There's two kinds of hands. Two ways you can hold your hand. Closed, that means you're just a taker. Or open means you're a giver. Christ gave his life. And then he gave us examples. So how do you hold? How do you hold your hand? Is it open or is it closed? Listen to me, real hairism is responsive. Real hairism is risky. And it's also very rewarding. Nearly 3,000 people lost their lives on 9-11-2001. And of those nearly 3,000, 411 were first responders, were emergency workers. I want you to think about all the videos that you've watched of 9-11. And something that was brought to my attention is while all this was going on, the first responders were running to the scene. And in every video, those that were not first responders were running away. Rightfully so. The first responders were trained. That's their call. You and I are not prepared, many of us, to go into the battle, to go into the area. But you think about the weirdos that we already heard. Running to the fire while we are running away. Lieutenant Joe Torillo almost died in the attack when the buildings collapsed. And he was covered in a pile of steel, a pile of concrete rubble. He suffered fractures to his skull, to his neck and to his spine. He had internal injuries. He said, I was buried in the darkness. Torillo said he could hear the others yelling in the debris. The screams turned to crying. Then the crying turned to whimpers. And finally, they gave way to silence. One by one, Torillo said they died, and I still laid there alive. 
Torillo said guilt set in, and I questioned at the time why, he all, why I also did not die. Torillo said now he believes he was saved so he could tell others stories to make sure that a grateful nation will never forget. We need not forget any of our wars. We need not forget anything that has happened in America. I have preached some tough messages. Some people have got up and walked out. But I will say silence is not an option for us in America. My brother went off to Vietnam. I never had to serve. Was not called. Not lived during a time of war at that age for me. But I believe that you and I are still in a battle. We are still on the field. And silence is not an option. And we have got to honor those. Give God a hand clap and give those a hand clap in the house this morning. Would you stand with me this morning? I said I'd like to speak 10 minutes. It's been nine. Are you one of God's first responders? Think about it. I'll ask you again, are you one of God's first responders? I believe God is calling. That calling would be an invitation to be a part of the family of God. You're already a part of the American family, but today, if you have never humbled yourself, if you have never made the decision to follow Christ, God is calling you to be a first responder. So how do you respond to that call? Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Do you believe today that the Lord Jesus laid down his life that you could have life. You need to make a decision today. You're either for him or you're against him. Do you hear me? There is no other way when death knocks at your door unless you've come through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have lived your life in vain. But I got good gospel news today. The grace of God is still available. Listen to the Bible in Romans 5 and 7. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't run from the cross. He had his eyes fixed on the cross from the moment he was born in a manger. And he kept his focus and he walked to the cross. So beautiful, hanging on a cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Today, he loves you. He died for you. Would you respond to the call of God? Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You are looking at a sinner 
You are looking at a man that battles with sin just the same as you. But by the blood of Jesus, 38 years ago, when I humbled myself and asked God to forgive me of my sins, I am forgiven. Do we have anyone else in the house that has been through the blood of Jesus and you know that you know that you are forgiven? Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. We heard Stockdino say that their rewards was when they helped somebody and they walked out of the hospital healed. Listen to this in Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin of death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'd like to lay up some treasures in heaven. Don't need any accolades here. But every time somebody lifts a hand and says, Pastor, I'd like to give my life to Christ. I'm like an old coon dog that's on a track. God loves you. We love you. A lot of work put into this today. And it's for one reason. At the end of the day is to see people come to know Jesus Christ, to honor those that we've honored. But what matters is when you come to know Jesus, I'd like for the choir, everybody to come back. I'd like for every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. We opened up with a moment of silence. I'd like to have everyone just standing still with me, please, this morning. 38 years ago when I gave my life to Christ, I can still remember the man of God in the pulpit. He said these words, if death knocked at your door today, would heaven be your home? And I could not answer yes. I had been raised in church. I knew right from wrong, but I had strayed. I ask you the question. I don't ask you if you're a member of a church. I don't ask you if you've been baptized. I don't ask you if you believe because the devil believes. I ask you, have you humbled yourself? Have you prayed? And acknowledge to God that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Have you asked Him to forgive you of your life? Please don't think in your mind that you've got to get your life right before you come to Christ because that's as far from the truth as it could be. He loves you the way you are. And when you come to Him, He won't leave you the way you are. He'll clean you up. I'm not going to come to you. It's not embarrassing. I'm not going to drag you down. But I would ask you to make a decision. To make a decision today. To live your life for Jesus. Again, I'll not come to you. I'll not single you out. But right where you're at, if you know the Lord has spoken to your heart today, and you'd like to make a decision to follow Him, would you slip your hand up real high? Slip your hand up. I see your hand, ma'am. I see that hand. Somebody else. Somebody else? Somebody else? Somebody else? I see your hand, sir. Somebody else? Somebody else? Be honest. Be honest. Somebody else? I see your hand. Somebody else? Somebody else? Make a decision for Christ. He loves you. Is there somebody else this morning? 
Somebody else. My goodness, I believe God's still speaking to somebody. Is there someone else? Is there somebody else? Then as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you that have raised your hand, would you look right at me? How about some men coming and praying right here with Steve? Come and pray, Pastor Michael. Oh, you're here. That's fine. Somebody else. Some come. Pastor Aaron, come on down. Come and pray. Every head still bowed and every eye closed. And you that raised your hand for salvation, would you look right at me? Look right at me, young lady, ma'am, sir, child. Pray this prayer out loud and don't be ashamed. I'll tell you, he wasn't ashamed of us. <laughs> pray it out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I repent. I turn from my ways to follow you, Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry. Help me from this day forward to live my life for you to the best of my ability. In Jesus' name I pray. And amen. Can everybody in God's house give the Lord a hand clap? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast.